0: In general, as women, we often devalue what we bring to the table. You know, it's, it's it's rooted in us from 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 early on in grade school. Our value, what we stand for, and so sometimes, and I love how you put it in all your trainings. You know, what shows up personally is going to show up in your business if you don't deal with it. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business
1: Podcast. The place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth coach, Darnell Jersey Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategies to help you to experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, let's get this party started. Oh, and if this happens to be your very first time joining me, there's a couple of things I want you to know about me. First and foremost, I'm not new to this, I'm true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six- and seven-figure CEOs. And I believe you don't have to choose. Yes, you can love God and make boatloads of money. Oh, and I don't do hustle and grind, I do spirituality and systems. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six- and seven figure business owners. And you might be wondering what exactly it is that I mean by the incredible factor. And if so, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode called exactly what is the incredible factor where I'll break it all the way down for you. Oh, and there's even a really cool worksheet that will help you to define, own, unleash, leverage, and ultimately scale yours. I'm Tickle Purple that you're listening in today. This episode is powered by the Grow Your Business Toolkit. If you are a service-based entrepreneur who is ready to crack the code of having a six or seven-figure business, this toolkit will literally give you the keys to the seven-figure castle. Grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. Okay, I hope that you have a helmet and shoulder pads and knee pads and ankle bracelets. And listen, the point I'm trying to get across is I hope you're ready to brace yourself because in today's episode, I chat with Rajade Richmond. Oh my goodness. I was so blown away by our conversation. I had no idea that Rajade, like me, is a belief barrier breaker. Like I have considered myself to be a a belief barrier breaker, since I was yay high to a grasshopper, and you guys have heard me share different components of my stories, listen to me. Rajade is the bomb.com. We had a much needed conversation about legacy creation. I, I mean, it was just amazing to talk legacy with her. She is a legacy maker, and you're going to thoroughly enjoy our conversation. My favorite part of our conversation was when she just effortlessly broke down the steps to starting the process of securing your legacy. Like you know how everyone says secure the bag, like Rajade is all about securing your legacy and I know you're gonna love it. Let me take a moment and read her formal bio. When women are ready to secure their legacy and build their business assets, there is only one woman in the world they can call. And her name is Rajade Richmond. An acclaimed business strategist, Rajade is empowering women to embrace their true power, bossness, turning their businesses into billion dollar empires. By taking the complexity out of business, Rajade's clients soon realize that their epic ideas and extraordinary skills in their heads and hands today will be worth multiple millions, if not billions, in their bank accounts tomorrow. A first generation college graduate, Rajade finished law school determined to live the fair tale of being successful landing a position with one of the top intellectual property firms in the detroit metro area she quickly earned her superstar spot working on the coveted accounts such as the u.s postage stamp that preserved rosa park's legacy estate matters for aretha franklin and the continued preservation of malcolm x's and alex haley's heirs' legacies whoo the girl is bad All right, Rajay saw how how her employer handled business matters and treated her clients, and it made her realize that she did not want to work at a law firm. But the riskiness and uncertainty of entrepreneurship was never in the cards for her, or so she thought since now since women now look to Rajade to birth their business babies, it was destiny that the birth of her own daughter was the push to do the work that she does today and she shares that powerful story with you. She is a servant she is a legacy maker she is Rajade Richmond, okay. <laughs> listen, I already told you she's bad to the bone bad and this interview is so super powerful. So if you are ready to start securing your legacy, then you're going to want to grab a pen and paper and listen in. Let's jump into my interview with Rajade Richmond. Oh my gosh, Rajade, I'm so excited to welcome you to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast. So take a quick moment and just tell everybody who you are in your own words.
0: Yes, I'm Rajay Richmond. I go by Jay and I'm a business and legal strategist and I help protect creative women entrepreneurs, business assets and content so that we can leverage them later through licensing, franchising and certification.
1: Okay, so that was a that was a mouthful, but it was a powerful mouthful. (laughs) So let's let's kind of break into that a little bit that protecting their business assets. So what in the devil is a business advocate or asset? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I like to break it down that anything in your business that has a resale value of one penny. So one cent, if it has one cent, it has some type of tangible value. You want to protect that thing because wow. all these little pennies add up to something bigger and larger. So we want to protect the coin since I like to say,
1: okay, wow. That's, I like that because you know, when you think of an asset, you think of a house Mm -hmm. or a car or, you know, a pair of Christian Louboutins maybe, right? Yes. But who thinks about anything they've created in their business that has a value of one penny? Like that's really, really powerful. So how did you get started doing this work?
0: So it was not by choice. (laughs) I was kind of forced into it by life. God has a funny sense of humor. I always thought I was going to be this big shot celebrity attorney but no 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 no. he rerouted me (laughs) deterred me and i became an entrepreneur and what ended up happening was my husband and i became pregnant unexpectedly um i have lupus and if we were ever to have children we needed to plan for it and we became pregnant and the pregnancy was just rough on my lupus it flared really really bad and when i was about 24 weeks i delivered my daughter um through an emergency c-section and she was one pound three ounces and so I'm in the hospital recovering and my boss calls me like, yeah, we have to let you go. <laughs> and this wow. was two weeks in and Michigan at the time was an at, at-will state. Okay. So you can get fired for anything, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter's in the NICU and her medical bills is over half a million dollars. I'm sure. I'm, in, I'm still in the hospital recovering. And then they're like, oh yeah, by the way, you're in kidney failure and you have the ammonia. So I had to start emergency dialysis. Okay. And so with that being, all that being said, I lost the insurance. Okay. And so I had to figure it out. So I'm in the hospital at the time. My husband was unloaded for Walmart. He didn't know what he was keeping up with our lifestyle. Right. So we did a bankruptcy. Well, all while I was in the hospital, by the way. Oh, so wow. this is a span of 45 days from the time that the daughter, my daughter was brought into the world. So within 45 days, I had started a business. We filed bankruptcy. We, he got rid of all of our things. We moved in with his mom and I started building this, this business in the hospital bed, literally.
1: Wow. Okay. Because so we
0: had all these bills because they were telling us they were going to take her off the oxygen if we couldn't pay. Like it was crazy. Really? They can do that?
1: Yes. Oh, that sounds crazy. Wow. Yep. I, I cannot even imagine, like, what was going through your mind at that time. And for you to have enough, I'm going to call it composure. It may not have <laughs> been composure, but I'm going to call it that anyway. It was okay. a composure. Let's start a business. Let's, you know, protect ourselves by filing bankruptcy. Let's move it. Like, let. I mean, how does, how do you even have the the will the gumption if gumption's the right word
0: to think, think that way when everything you know is crashing <laughs> around you i think because throughout this whole process i had a sense of peace mm-hmm. like even with having my daughter they were telling me i needed to have an abortion mm-hmm. and i just refused so i waited and part of the reason why i went into kidney failure is because I waited until she was at least one pound to deliver her via C section. Mm-hmm. In Michigan, if you're not if the if the fetus is not at least one pound, it's considered an abortion. Wow. And and I, I even though they were telling me all these symptoms was going on with me, I felt good. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel sick. I felt like normal. But they're like, no, you're you're failing in this and that. I'm like, okay we're just going to sit here and wait till Zoe gets one pound. <laughs> and that's what I did. And that would really led to my kidneys failing, just that waiting period and the lupus wearing further. But throughout the whole process, I sincerely had, I would I was kind of cool and collected. My husband looking at me like I was crazy. Like, girl, we can try again. We can adopt. I'm just like, I'm good. We're good. We're going to be okay. And I think for me, like just having that peace and moving and navigating all these different components. It was like, okay, I got the call, I was fired. I was like, okay. Okay, now what do I do? Like, I feel like I didn't have time or the luxury to grieve or cry or complain. It's like, I have this little girl then Nick you, whose life is depending on me to make it happen. Mm. So and where I, did the peace come from? What peace? Oh, the, I just think... <laughs> It is. It, it came out of, honestly, I was, at the time of all of this happening, my husband and I were just baptized not too long ago, like a year prior. Um, we just got married two years prior. And I just think we were... I was at a place where I was getting to know God on a more intimate level. Mm -hmm. I was always reading into my word and things like that because I wanted my daughter to be covered as well. And I wanted to be able to teach her because I didn't grow up with that type of background. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that as a, a newly... Wedded couple that we had the right foundation in our marriage as well, and then bringing this child into the world that she's brought in under the right foundation as well. So, I think that's where the piece really came from. Like, we were already doing stuff prior to her mm-hmm. arrival, and God just took it over and just had us all intertwined. And we were, I was good. My husband was not good. I would say he was losing. He said that's the reason why he bought now because <laughs> of me. I stressed him out during that time. <laughs> he was is gone. (laughs) So, okay. So we, we're in
1: the hospital bed, everything's gone around us, but it's almost like Peter, right? When um, God or Jesus tells him to come out on the water and he's like, peace be still. Right. So all of that's around you and you have enough foresight to say, I need to start a business. I'm going to take these skills that my job no longer wants. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to use them for myself. Now, mm-hmm. have you ever had entrepreneurial aspirations before?
0: No, never. Only to the extent of mentorship within a law firm, okay. but never to to the extent of, let me go ahead and turn this hobby into a business. Never. Because um, being in corporate America, being in, in the law firm I was at, I was the only Black woman. And then the only woman at that. And so we will often get a lot of women in the firm in general. And I always found myself, no matter what age they were, mentoring them in the firm. And so that's kind of what I did for fun, you know, mentorship, leadership development. And that's really where the business started initially. leadership development um how to stand out in the corporate marketplace but what ended up happening as the business went on everybody know knew me as the celebrity attorney who Mm -hmm. dealt with aretha franklin and got rosa parks on the stem so i was always getting business questions and things like that and so i'm like huh all right let me pivot and so i prayed about it and so when i pivot that's when my business really took off and me and my husband was able to get ourselves in order financially because we were out of order. And even though we did the bankruptcy, I felt, I still felt like we weren't honoring God, like we weren't honoring our commitments. And that was a hard thing to come to that decision to do. Even though God was saying, "I'm I'm making it okay in my mind it just didn't sit well with me. And so I wanted to make it right. <laughs> mm,
1: yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I think, you know, that I filed bankruptcy
0: mm-hmm. and
1: a part of my story is similar in the fact that I probably should have filed bankruptcy in 2008, but I didn't cause it didn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't sit right. I mm-hmm. was, Um, I was afraid. I mean, it was a lot of stuff. Some of it was, it didn't, it didn't feel right in my soul. So I didn't feel in alignment with it, but some of it also was the the fear, the potential backlash and what it would mean, what it would do to my credibility. And the the thing that finally made me file in 2010 was God, like God literally, (laughs) I mean, he used a prophet to do it, but God was like, file the bankruptcy. I got you. And that was when that that peace kind of swept over me, and I was like, "Okay, I'm not gonna be concerned about what people think about me anymore because God has spoken, He's got my back, and I'm just gonna do it but I think i I feel you so much when you say that although you did it, you didn't feel like you were being honorable because i I felt like and i no disrespect to anybody who's ever filed because i and in, in this regard, I definitely live in a glass house, but I too I felt like how could it come to this? And this was before me really understanding what bankruptcy was, which is why I wanted to go down this path for the listeners. Again, and just so we're clear, everybody who's listening, Danielle and Rajay are not saying go file bankruptcy, <laughs> right? But well, what we, what, what I do want to talk about is because Rajay's work is protecting your assets, mm-hmm. and there is protection in bankruptcy. So for me, I was. I was inappropriate i was um irresponsible in getting to the point of having to file bankruptcy i had gotten to the point where i had about a quarter of a million dollars in credit card debt i'm not happy to share this with you but it's my truth and it was largely because i i thought the way to get people to love me was to buy them things and to let them borrow money so of that a quarter of a million dollars more than a hundred and eighty or ninety thousand dollars of it wasn't even my debt it was me paying somebody's light bill and paying off somebody's electric and 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 helping them to get their car fixed and those right things i felt like i needed to do to have people love me be in my corner because of my jaded backstory which mm-hmm. you know we don't necessarily have to go into and so i I felt I was being disrespectful to God by getting myself in that position to even need to file bankruptcy. I had an 800 credit score, you know, prior to all of this. I worked in a bank. I knew, I mean, I knew what happened if that's what it came down to. And I was just completely irresponsible. So that was a big part of the reason why I struggled with it so much. And when God finally gave the release and was like, I got you it was still challenging but i did it because obedience is better than sacrifice right so i get that not feeling like you are honoring god so how did you begin to how did you begin to make the shift from being bankrupt to getting yourselves back on track and doing it in a way where you could hold your head up high
0: <coughs> excuse me we we actually took courses hmm. money management courses cuz we both realized we're terrible with money Mm -hmm. prior to the bankruptcy. We, we were really truly living above our means, Mm -hmm. barely making it. And when money stopped rolling in, it kind of, it was like, okay, we need to reevaluate what we're doing with our money. Also, we were just trying to keep up with everybody else. Mm. Being young and black, it sounds good to say, Hey, we got this new 20, whatever charger or, this Camaro or this Mercedes, this Benz, it sounds good. Yeah. We got the White House with the picket fence, but it don't, it's not good. When your lights getting cut off. You you robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you ain't got no food in the fridge. You eating ramen noodles. Right. And <laughs> but you got this nice car in this house. Yeah. That's I, not what is that?
1: I live that I remember when I finally filed the bankruptcy. I, before I filed the bankruptcy, I had a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And I got rid of my Mercedes. And I ended up, my dad worked for GM. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to Detroit, right? And um, so mm-hmm. I ended up getting like a Chevy Equinox or something like that. And for 18 months, ramen noodles or peanut butter and jelly. That was dinner every other day for 18 months. So it was the only way to keep me from not moving into my Equinox when I was going through all of this. So I totally, totally get that. Um, okay, so let's shift a little bit. So bankruptcy, as we we talked about, uh, alluded to a little bit, it is a way, especially in business, to protect your assets, right? But I think the work that you do, it goes much deeper than that, right? Because it's, it's, it's about allowing the, we work <coughs> with women, allowing the women to realize that there is value in everything that they produce. So talk a little bit about that piece of the work and and then from there i want to talk about a few steps maybe we can give the listeners to start down the path of really putting them on a journey to protecting their assets
0: right i think in general as women we often devalue what we bring to the table you know is 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 rooted in us from 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 early on in grade school our value what we stand for and so sometimes And I love how you put it in all your trainings, you know, what shows up personally is going to show up in your business if you don't deal with it, whether consciously or unconsciously. And I think oftentimes for us women, it shows up a lot. So we may be thinking we're throwing out this opt-in offer, this freebie, right? And we don't put a value with it. We're like, well, it's just free. I'm just trying to help. You know, we're just trying to help people get by to the next level. But what people don't understand, that has value that has value. And that's why I like to say, give the analogy and people get it. When I say, if it has at least one cent, a penny, then you want to protect that thing. If it, if it leads to your money, that's something you want to protect. And I think sometimes we don't think like that as women, because we're trying to save the world. (laughs) We're trying to, and it's just in our nature, we're just nurturers, you know? And But when it comes to business, we have to truly understand that what we create matters. What we create has value, and when we understand that, we can understand the steps we need to take to protect that value. Yeah, everything that we do has value from your coaching programs, from your courses, from your retreats, from your books you throw out there, from your consultations. Hold on, we just say
1: from getting up in the morning and washing your face on clothes like, can we just take it all the way back to the yeah, basic, yes, because as women, like this is probably one of the things that pisses me off about mm-hmm. our gender
0: and yes. it also
1: inspires me to do the work that i do all at the yes. same time right and when you can have that array of emotion behind anything it can be a powerful force but but in general i mean i look at so many and i'm sure you see it too i mean that i'm just like i'm shaking my head all day every day like i have to stop myself okay so here's a, a real life example someone <laughs> who um I know who they are. They are not my client. They have never been my client. I haven't even had a discovery conversation with them, but they pop up in my feed. And so yesterday or the day before they popped up in my feed for something that they were really excited about that they did and they put out into the world and they put it out in the world and people are already starting to buy it. I'm nosy. I'm like old school nosy. My husband says, I'm like, why don't you just go (laughs) sit down? You are too nosy. So anyway, my old school nosy self clicks because I'm like, well, let me just see what all the pop-up is about go to the page. The page is gorgeous. You know, whether she did it herself or someone else did it, it's, it's beautiful. The copy, everything is on point. It's, it's, it's the same. Like if, if I weren't me, I would probably buy it. That's how good it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then I, am and I'm looking for the punchline. So I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling, and, I'm scrolling. <laughs> and I get all the way down to the bottom and it's $27. And it's like six weeks of this, 12 of that, and 20 of this. And, and I'm just like, and it took everything in me not to inbox her and say, yo, this should be more. <laughs> I have to stop that because I have to realize, they, I, I think that people need to learn the lesson. Women, business owners, entrepreneurs need to learn the hard lesson of devaluing who they are. Mm-hmm. And I used to, you know, Polly want to save everybody. Hey, you know, I think this this should be at least this amount. I'm not your coach. Like you didn't ask for my two cents. So I, but it took everything in me to sit on my hands and not type that message because I felt bad for her. But I realized that if she doesn't get it herself, if she doesn't see her value as being worth way more than $27 to spend six weeks with with people helping them to do whatever it is that she's going to help them do then there's nothing that I could even say to her that would help her. So what do you do when you see that? Knowing that you are who you are all about protecting your assets, helping women to, you know, really come into that full knowledge and understanding that they are valuable. Like how how do you um how do you respond and show up in that way? I'm good. So I just want you, like, tell me, like, what do you say when you see something like that? When you see somebody that you know that they are not protecting their assets, they are devaluing what they bring to the table. And, I, and not necessarily what do you say to them, but what do you say to yourselves? Because I want to begin to move us in the direction of being able to offer some support to the people who are listening who have this problem.
0: So I'm just like you. I be sliding the DMs like, you know you should protect it it's just like it's just like because I tried to go away from the post but then it's just like it's like I'm thinking about it all day long like let me just send them a message and they're going to receive it however they're going to receive it but I always preach on it I try to do trainings on this so women truly understand because when we hear legal we often especially like my background I'm from the hood so when we when we hear five o 0 popo whatever you want to call them we run, right? We don't want to have anything to do with anything that is part of the legal system. And I think that's ingrained in some of us from an early age. And so we, that's why we don't protect, or we really don't understand what it means to protect, or we tell ourselves what we have isn't worth protecting. And so I try to give the penny examples so people understand that what you do, everything you touch has value. If you're making an impact, if you're making money, if you're changing lives, it deserves a value amount.
1: Yeah, I agree. I totally, totally, totally agree. So, okay. So we have some people who are listening who don't know anything about intellectual property protection. So first, let's break that down for them. What what does that even mean? And then let's start (laughs) offering maybe three practical tips to get them started in a grain to beginning to protect their assets.
0: Absolutely. So when I talk about intellectual property, the word sounds intimidating, but it's just a sexy way of saying your stuff. Mm-hmm. The things that you create in your business, those are things that you want to create as long as it has a value, a one penny value. And mm-hmm. ways that we protect those types of properties. And it's important to know it can be tangible and intangible. Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be something physical because a lot of people think because they hear the word property it has to be something actual physical okay and it doesn't and so we're talking about trademarks where we're protecting our brand's identity and representation such as a logo a name a slogan or a sound mark and a lot of people get stuck on the sound mark so remember a couple years ago mcdonald's used to have the theme song but I'm loving it that's a sound mark you mm-hmm. want to trademark that so if you have something like that you want to protect the identifier of your brand because that's what a trademark is when we talk about copyrights we're actually talking about content the things you create from your coaching programs from your signature process your framework from your retreat your courses all those different your books all those things you want to copyright your content your
1: worksheets everything
0: that yes, you do all right? of that.
1: Yeah, I have probably created, I don't know, 150 modules and they're all trademarked. Like every single one of them. We, My attorney, we submit them probably every 90 days we're sending stuff because I'm yeah, like, I've did all of this recruiter. work? And I want to be able one day to potentially either sell my company or license it to someone else. Absolutely. And I can't do that if I'm not protecting it. Um, so I want to back up for a second because I don't like to make the assumption that just because a person has, you know, we talked about this before we actually started recording. So let's say there's a person who has a six figure business. So they're making $180,000 a year. I know all day long because most of the clients I work with, when they come to me, they don't have IP protection in place. So I don't want to make the assumption that just because they're making decent money in their business that they've done these things. So you said something really powerful that I just want to pull back on. You said the logo, Or the messaging, right? I know like for me, like for Incredible One Enterprises, I have the words, I have the the logo, I have the tagline. Like We have like five trademarks on Incredible One Enterprises. So can you break that down a little bit more so that people can, the, the listeners can look at what they've already created and see how the phases of, protecting that thing helps to give their brand not only the identity that you just spoke about a moment ago but a a promise and a value associated with that brand
0: absolutely so when we're talking about brands and names you want to protect all aspects of it from the name and the logo and a lot of people think okay i protected the name so the logo is protected and that's not true so you have to protect everything from the name the logo the slogan, all those things that identifies your brand, you need to put a trademark on it. Your signature framework, like for me, my signature framework is called Secure Your Legacy. Guess what? That's trademark and the content is copyrighted. Yeah. So that's how that process works. And so people need to understand this is this leads to your money. Mm-hmm. This has at least one cent value. If not, you shouldn't be in business. It's <laughs> wow. For real. <laughs> it's time to go get a nine to five. Yeah, you know. And so, if it has value, you want to protect all those different components. No, it does not have to be done at the same time. But as you grow and elevate, you want to make sure that you're going back and having it protected. And what I see often is those six and seven figure owners. They're like, "I got the money now. Let me go back and do it." Mm-hmm. And sometimes I run into so many clients they have to rebrand because now. Yeah. What they're using somebody else already has, and I'm like, you're trademark infringing, yeah. you're copyright infringement, and it just breaks their heart because they may have spent four or five years, or even a decade, building this brand, and they're making decent money, but they can't be, they, and this is what they're known for. Right. They can't be using because it it's somebody else's right. brand now.
1: You know what's so? F- I'm I'm glad you said that because I I when I first when I first sit down with a client. And I'm, you know, I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on t- TV or any of that. But the first thing I do when they tell me their brand or their brand name is go to the database. That's the first thing I do. And I search all three databases, mm-hmm. see. I'm like, okay, right now, according to what I can see, this is available or there's already this many marks on it. I'm not going into all of the details about what those specific marks are. I can put you in touch with an IP attorney where they can do it, but what I'm telling you right now is there's already people using this and I say we need to pivot. We need to come up with something else. Absolutely. And most people don't do that. Like they think, so I remember someone even told me, they were like, well, well, no, somebody told me if the dot com is available, then I'm good to go.
0: No. Okay, so let's talk about that because I I know a lot of people are listening and so I want to make it very clear, just because you have a business name in your state so just because you go and follow the business name and just because you go by a website domain Mm -hmm. you do not have intellectual property rights. That's right. I'm going to repeat that. You do not have intellectual property rights. (laughs) You got to, what I like to tell my clients, you got to go claim that thing. You got to go exert true ownership you are not a true owner until you have intellectual property rights and so just because you built this pretty brand just because you got this nice pretty logo and slogan and it all looks well put together just because you got all the domains associated with that business name and you got the registration you're paying your annual fees you're paying your taxes does not matter because guess what federal law trumps state law Mm -hmm. That's good. So, so even if you started your business in 2000 and say today, somebody filed the trademark on your business name today, guess what? You have to stop using that name. You have to start your business all over again because federal Trump state. And a lot of people don't understand that concept. And I try to catch people before they get to that point so far down the line in their business. But the reality is as women, we don't, We don't handle business properly. We can make the money, but we're not handling it properly. And I have been guilty of that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I had to do a bankruptcy. Right.
1: (laughs) Hello. Listen, I live in (laughs) this house. I'm not throwing any stones. Been there, done that, and have way too many t shirts. And I'm not proud to wear those t shirts, but it's important. That's why I wanted to make sure that we had this conversation about securing legacy because I think people are misunderstanding. And I don't know why you would do anything. Like, I don't even know why you would go by the URL if you are not gonna protect the whole thing. Like, what is the point? I mean, my, I, know, I know my attorney, she, I get on her nerves. Well, probably not, because she's making money. But like, every week I'm buying a new URL. And I'm like, uh, I check this is available, let's start the process. Like, all the time. I mean, I, right now I think I own like 12 Marks. Like right now, I mean, in all the components for every mark, the logo, the the, the tagline. We cha- when we changed our tagline at Incredible One Enterprises, we resubmitted our paperwork. Because I was like, no, because the one that we first had had a different tagline on it. And now we got a different tagline. So we need to make sure everything is updated because I'm not playing. Right, absolutely. I'm pissed If all the yeah. work that I've done under Incredible One Enterprises one day you know gets jacked up and now like we're doing all of that for next level everything because that's the next iteration of my brand is next level everything Mm -hmm. but we're you know we're not putting it out there in in full regard yet we got our little tm because we submitted our paperwork but um but yeah i mean i i just want people to understand the importance of all the work that you do and this is regardless of where you are if you're making four figures if you're making two figures It doesn't matter. Regina just said, a penny. You need to start the process of protecting. Now, I know people get caught up in, can they afford to do it? Can they not afford to do it? I know that there are some things that you can do yourself, some things that you really do want to have a professional do for you. Can you talk about the difference of what they can do on their own versus when they need to engage someone such as yourself?
0: Yes. I, you know, if you're a creator, you know, and that's who I primarily work at, work with people like yourself, always pumping out, something new and exciting you want to definitely make sure you at least have your copyrights if you can read you can do your own copyright application you do not need an attorney you know unless you just want peace of mind to do your copyright application so at bare minimal the stuff that makes you money mm-hmm you should at least copyright at bare minimal. So, so say hypothetically, we'll just use Next Level Everything for an example. Mm-hmm. Say all the content, like the workbooks and everything, you go ahead and copyright it, right? But somebody trademarks the name Next Level. You didn't have a claim on the, to oppose on the trademark application because you have a copyright. And remember, copyright is federal, too. So two federal things can can argue with each other. Yeah. You just can't argue on a state level. And so that would give you more claim to have a stronger argument. Like, hey, I copyrighted this content that goes with this logo, mm-hmm. that goes with this trademark. And so you have a better claim. If, if money is the issue, you can't do it all right now. But you definitely, I recommend everyone can do their own copyright application for purposes of saving money. You sure can if you just read. Sit there, take your time and read. It'll take you about 30 minutes to get through the application and it's cost effective Mm -hmm. to do a copyright application right now. It's only $65. That's very cost effective for you to do. Mm -hmm. And then when we talk about trademarking now, I will least recommend, you know, consult with someone first because most attorneys will tell you what you need to do. They're just not going to tell you how to fill out the paperwork. Right. So you at least have some type of idea of how to protect it, and if again, if you can take your time and read, you can actually go through and do your own trademark. If money is an issue, however, I do not recommend doing a trademark application on your own because number one, it's, it's so much money that you can risk, especially like somebody like yourself, Darnell, who is about to protect, who likes to protect all the components at one time. Mm-hmm. You're not just protecting one thing. You're like, okay, let's do all five of them. <laughs> And so, you definitely want a professional to do that for you if you're not familiar with the process.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's so good. And I, I love being able to understand the distinction of the two, because see, people think that just because they put the little C on the in the in the footer of their paper on their <laughs> worksheet that they created, that it's copywritten.
0: So let's talk about that real quick, because <laughs> yes, yes, I get that issue. This uh, so. There is a such thing as old common law, copyrights that, you know, anything that you create is automatically yours. However, if you want to sue someone and tell them to stop using that thing, to stop copying and pasting it and making money off of it, you need a registered copyright. Mm -hmm. And just throwing a C on it does not mean you have legal rights. Remember what I said, you have to go claim your legal rights. It's not automatic.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: And then another thing, um, there's no such thing as a dead man's copyright, a uh, poor man's copyright. There's no such thing as a poor man's copyright. Melling something to yourself does not create a copyright.
1: I don't think people say are that. still doing that. That's hilarious. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that. I got three calls about that last week. <laughs> wow
1: that's crazy. Well, I think I'm I'm glad that you're setting the record straight. So, let's talk about the bigger picture of securing your legacy. So, yeah, we're we're entrepreneurs, we're small business owners. We're going to protect our stuff one penny value or greater so that we have the ability to be able to to ensure that no one else can make money off of the things that we've created and we can maximize our financial output based on what it is we're putting out into the world. But the bigger picture. So, I, and I want to I want to talk about Zoe. So t- t- so bring us up to speed on Zoe. So she was born at a pound and a half, and, <laughs> and she just celebrated a birthday. So so let's talk about that. I love your smile. Those of you who'll be listening so Zoe, to the podcast, you won't Zoe, be Zoe even.
0: Even though she drives <laughs> <laughs> even though she dress me crazy, Zoe is almost tall as me. She has legs for days like her dad. She's right here to me, <laughs> and she's six years old. She's just such a lively child. Um, every, you know, so yeah, she is. She she's gorgeous. I can't even lie. And I'm not just saying that because she's my daughter. Like she's truly. Yeah. Some days I just look at her like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is my child. <laughs> like just naturally gorgeous and. She's just her spirit is just so bubbly. She's a bubbly kid, you know. She's always laughing and getting like, what you laughing at? <laughs> She's just naturally happy. Um, and you know, when she was born, they told us that, you know, she was never gonna be able to walk. She was never gonna be able to feed herself. And let me tell you, Zoe every day is Falling into walls, trying to get to where she's going to get to. Like, every day, she's defying the odds. She's using her legs to try to walk and get things. bouncing from couch to couch to move to get to where she wants. Mm -hmm. She feeds herself. So, Zoe is doing excellent, (laughs) by all means.
1: And I think that, you know, and the reason why I wanted to bring Zoe back into the picture, A, because people are probably just wondering, well, what happened with the baby? (laughs) Right. Because that's legacy, right? Like everything that you are doing day in and day out, you're doing it in order to ensure that Zoe will have whatever it is that she needs. So talk, Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about what legacy means to you and then what are... Let's talk about three things that everybody can do to begin to secure their own legacy.
0: Right. So, legacy to me just means securing things for right now and for the future, for future children and our, our future children and their children. So, there's no lack. I grew up not having a home, growing up bouncing around from place to place. Even just that experience with bankruptcy and being an adult, having to move in with another adult. That was like the most lowest moment of my life, and I never want to feel that. I never want my children or grandchildren to ever know what that feels to know, to the feeling of hunger, to feeling of wants constant that constant wants. I never want them to feel that. So for me, legacy has always been about taking care of my family, mm-hmm. making sure that we can live life to the fullest without any limitations. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Mm, that's so good. So, so, so good. Okay. So now three practical steps. So I'm an entrepreneur that is, I'm, you know, I want to begin to secure my legacy. I'm making some money. I'm having some success. Maybe I have, or haven't started the process to protect my brand collateral. What what are the first steps? What What should I be doing?
0: Yeah. Number one, understanding your big picture. What are you trying to do? Are you just throwing things out there just to get some money or are you actually trying to build upon something to build your business brand? So I think that's important with the one cent value. You have to understand what you're creating Mm -hmm. and having money because that's what's going to be protected. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand is this one piece going to lead to the next level of what I'm creating? Is this going to lead to my next program, my next project? And so that's key. Everything you create should build upon one another.
1: Okay, and And so that's,
0: that's, yep, so that's step one. Step two, after we say it does have a penny value and it's building upon, we're going to go ahead and copyright it. Copyright is so important. You want to copyright your content because oftentimes we do business online and we introduce things online before protecting it. Mm -hmm. I do not recommend that, but if you do, if you throw a freebie out there, such as the example you shared, you want to make sure you copyright it. Once you copyright it, the next step will be to trademark your brand. Mm -hmm. Trade you want to trademark as soon as possible because, like the example I gave earlier, you don't want to be in a position where you're making all this money and you have to stop because somebody else owns your business name technically.
1: Yeah, that's good. And when we talk about let's let's let me repeat the three steps first, and then I want to dig in a little bit more. So the first part is understanding the big picture. So why are you doing this? What is this about? What is, what is the um, best case scenario, you know, mm-hmm. of what you're looking to create from this? Second step is to go through the process of copywriting your content. I love what you just said. Don't introduce it before you protect it. Ooh, how many people are guilty of that? <laughs> My name <laughs> is up for those of you who can't you know, back in the day, I was big on, oh, I'm going I'm to come up with a really cute name and I'm going to put my little TM on it and mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it out there. I had so many things I threw away because I put it out there and then I saw somebody else, well, they might have taken it from me or not, I don't know. But right. I, I'm, I'm, I don't even want that anymore. So many things I threw away because I didn't realize the process of going through and protecting what I am creating, right? Because this is a this is so much bigger than today, right? This is about surety and confidence that there will be a future that's what legacy is about right like at whatever point when you stop focusing on today you have something that will be yours tomorrow that's the important thing and then from there i go through the process of consulting an attorney so that we can start talking trademark now trademark it can be more expensive i remember was it last year two years ago where they massively raised the price of the trademark application it's back down now.
0: Oh, yeah, they got so. Oh, that's They good. got so much back. Yeah, it was like $600 for our application. Yeah. They got so much backlash for this, so it's back to 225 Okay, that's
1: good to know. Look, I'm about to see what else we need to trade over here. It's yeah. Down. They
0: got a lot of backlash about that one.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it, but it, the thing that
1: struck me was that it was like almost overnight it went. And I was like... Who raises their prices three times? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. I thought it was crazy. So they were
0: getting so many applications that they were trying to reduce the amount of applications they were getting. Mm-hmm. So
1: it was a tactic. So, so I can start the. I mean, now there's more fees associated with trademarking. The application is two twenty five. You're going to pay your attorney to do all of the research to make sure that it is viable. You're going to pay them to. Watch the trademark for whatever time frame that they watch it to make sure. Like, I mm-hmm. love that she just does cease and desist it without me even knowing about it. Like, I, yeah. yep. like, oh, yeah, I, I was monitoring and I saw this, and don't worry, but we handled it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, that's so be a part of the fee that you're paying, um, which right. I know that is, is, um, and make
0: sure it's a part of the fee because not all attorneys do trademark maintenance while it's spending. Oh, okay, <laughs> wherever you go with, make sure that that is something you have while you when you file. Yeah. Not all of them it, can, do it, it take it
1: can take a while.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right?
1: Yeah. It mm-hmm. can take up to nine months, maybe even longer than that. I think most of mine have yep. taken about nine months before we get the mm-hmm. work that um yep. okay. This is good. This is good. Anything else you want to add, definitely make sure you tell yeah. them um, IP Academy so they can learn about that as well.
0: Yep. So before we jump over there, I wanted to talk about, so now we talked about protecting it. So everyone's probably like, well, where does the money come into place? Like I've spent all this money to protect it. So where does this money come in? Well, the beautiful thing is now that you've protected everything, you can start making money off of your IP. Darielle kind of alluded to it. You can start licensing your content, your courses, your signature framework. You can actually start creating your own certification programs, whether you do it on a federal government level or privately. You -hmm. can start franchising if you want to eventually sell off your company, your signature framework, the keys to your company. You can actually do those things. And that's something that I'm, I'm a proponent on. And that's really where the legacy comes into place because now you're creating something that's going to outlive you.
1: Yeah, that's good. So, 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 so good. Awesome. This has been phenomenal. So before we get out of here, I I want you to talk about your IP Academy and then I have to ask you my incredible factor wisdom questions, but talk about IP Academy first.
0: Yes, yeah, so I created IP Academy for women of color and it was really because I come across so many women who have amazing ideas, and I think for me, what made me really just go forth with it was Supercent. I don't know if you all heard of her, but she created this makeup line called the Crown Case, mm. and she trademarked it. However, she didn't trademark it properly, and companies like Sephora, Ulta, they pretty much replicated what she did and threw a different name on it. Mm, wow. That's so they called the Crown Box, the Pencil Box. And it just upset me so much so that I wanted to teach other women of color how to truly protect all their business assets from a standpoint that no one can, in other words, remix what you do. And so that's why I created it. And and when I, I've been pulling this question for years, why people have not protected their business and they're just like, I want to, I just can't afford an attorney, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's a whole nother level that you can hit on with mindset. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just think I wanted to create a platform where there's no excuses. I'm going to give you a skill set so you can go forth and do it yourself. And so there's no reason why your assets are not protected. And so that's pretty much what I did with IP Academy is create a DIY legal membership for women of color to make legal accessible and affordable. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll put
1: all of the on how you can learn more about IP Academy in the show notes so you'll be able to check that out okay so before we get out of here last three questions the first one is what is your favorite quotes
0: Yeah. <sighs> I have so many it's just like it's so hard to narrow down so first one that pops in yep time waits for no woman <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and your last book you read
0: Yep. So my last book I just read was Believe Bigger by Marshawn Evans.
1: Awesome. And uh, one tool that you live by or you swear by to grow your business?
0: My cell phone. (laughs) If I didn't have this thing, I would be not in business because I didn't have internet or anything. My cell phone when I first started was my lifeline. And even with what's going on in the world right now, my cell phone is the life, so. I can't get into my office to do anything right now. So just my cell phone right now. Prop it up somewhere and we, we in business. <laughs> the thing
1: is, what's so cool about that is that that's really all you need. I tell people all the time, people want to, the question I get when they, a person becomes my client, the first thing they want me to do is look at their website. I'm not looking at your website right now. <laughs> Cause you want to change it. We haven't even done your messaging yet. So stop. Right. I don't even need a website. I have so many clients that I got to half a million dollars without a website. All you need, yeah. everybody listening. If you want the secret magic pill, all you need to grow your business is a phone, a script and people to call period. T <laughs> on the end. That's all you <laughs> really need. All this other stuff that is just smoking mirrors and creating distractions for you is just that. All you need is a phone and a list of people to call. And if mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you don't even need a list of people to call, you can call the people on your phone. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, but yeah, so I, I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, I just want to thank you so much for stopping by with this amazing information and, and to be able to learn more about your personal story. Cause I didn't, I didn't know. All of that. And so it just, yep. you know, it just, it deepens our connection. It, it just helps me to see the work that you're doing that much more powerfully because of your own story and, and what you had to do in order to secure your own legacy. So I'm excited for you. I celebrate you. And again, I thank you for stopping by.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> so welcome. Okay. <laughs> I know I said, I don't know if you have a helmet and shoulder pads, but did you see what I'm saying? Like, I had no idea how powerful her story was, but we, we know that everyone has a story, right? But I had no idea just how powerful Rajade's story is. I've had the opportunity to work with her on both sides of the fence. I think she is phenomenal and her commitment to women and legacy is just, it's next level. It's unparalleled. I haven't seen anything like it. So I hope that you enjoyed our conversation and I'm sure because you had to have enjoyed our conversation unless you don't have a pulse. You're probably going to want to connect directly to Rajade. So I want you to check out the show notes where I'll give you a link to her website and you can learn all about her IP Academy and the other amazing and powerful things that she has going on right now. So I just wanna, as I you know, prepare to let you go, I just wanna remind you that it is your responsibility to secure your legacy. And it's the little steps that you take today that'll make the difference tomorrow. And so when I think about everything that Rajay told us during this interview and what's possible for you, it just really just, it's yours for the taking, right? The whole process, as she said, is is designed to give you a sense of peace and it really will help you to position yourself to really own something. When you understand the big picture, you focus on both copywriting and trademarking, and you think about what's at stake if you don't take the time to secure your legacy. I hope you were as blessed by this interview as I was, and I do hope that you will take those steps in order to secure your legacy. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor business podcast, if after listening to this episode you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small you should go grab my grow your business toolkit based on the pillars of business optimization this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven figure mark go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.